السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته حياكم الله may Allah سبحانه وتعالى bless you all may Allah سبحانه وتعالى make it a session of barakah and that the angels open the wings and send the blessings and the forgiveness and the mercy of Allah سبحانه وتعالى الحمد لله رب العالمين indeed we have entered the month of بالقعده for verily the month of the Bilqa'dah, which is the month that come before the Hijjah, where our good deeds are multiplied, as well as our shortcomings, all our sins that we perform are actually more graver in, in consequences. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in this sacred month and make us among those who are successful. Indeed, my brothers and my sisters, when we think about <clears throat> that topic. It's something that you need to understand. The thing what happened nowadays is the fact that we want to do good deeds. We want to carry on doing the good deeds. And we feel secure that these good deeds are going to be shown in front of us on Yom Al-Qiyamah. It will be shown to us on Yom Al-Qiyamah, without a doubt. All right? You one more thing, SubhanAllah. They having connection problems? Just give me one minute. Go Yeah, it's not working. We'll be right back because it's having some problem. Uh,
Apology for that. Now you should be able to hear. Are you able to hear those the nine? Yes, the connection is changed now. Shukran barakallahu peekum. Naam. We're going to try to make it as short as we can, but very profound. It's something that you need to take with you and take it as a session of precaution and you knowing that you making your deeds do not always mean that it is going to be accepted. Let me tell you something. Hudayfa bin Yaman. Hudayfa bin Yaman. He said, the Sahaba used to go and ask the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about good deeds. About good deeds. But I would go and ask the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about the bad deeds. Why? In order for me not to fall into it. Sah? I mean, whenever you go into any kind of firm or company, they have a role or they have a law or they have a rule and regulation that you need to follow. All right? When you read this kind of law or rules and regulation, what do they say there mostly? Do not, do not, do not. Yes or no? It's not always do, do, do because you're coming to work, you know what to do. But the rules and regulation of each and every company and firm, it tells you over there, do not do this and this. Beware. Know that what if you do this, the consequences are there. This is something that we need to understand. What are the things that we may fall into the trap of shaitan that lead us toward the trap of shaitan? We need to know this. We can come and tell you, Pray, your zakah, your hajj, your siyam, you know this. Allah has told you to do it. And you know that you have to do it. It's then the Quran and the Sunnah, the command. But there are some trap that shaitan is going to make you fall into. He already know you know what needs to be done. But he knows that there are things that you, you do not know that you shouldn't be doing. Because... He has an agenda. So what are the things that we should not be doing in the Sharia of Islam? Wallahi, when Umar bin Khattab said such a statement, while when I first read that statement, Wallahi, I was in tears. But you know, as long as you keep on thinking about it and then you, you, you mention it in, the, in your lecture, you become immune to it. Same like, you know, when you read Surah Yusuf the first time. You read, you know, you cry. But you read again and again and again and again. Then, you know what's coming. What Umar bin Khattab said, subhanAllah, you know what he said? He was crying one day. One among these days before he passed away, before he was stabbed. He said, what if I wake up what if I wake up on and I find out that none of my deeds have been accepted? 
Allah. Who said this? Umar ibn al-Khattab. Who said this? The one who has been promised Jannah Firdaus. Who said this? The second Khalifa in Islam. The one whom the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa said, if there would have been a Prophet after me, it would have been Umar ibn Khattab. The one whom the Prophet sallallahu said that when he walks in a direction, shaitan take the other direction. He said, what if I wake up on Yom Al-Qiyamah and I find out that none of my deeds have been accepted? Allah, where are we? Where are we? Why are we so confident that we wake up on Yom Al-Qiyamah? We're going to find out, yes, my zakah and my hajj, my siyam, my jihad and all what I've done, khalas. It's done. So what happened? You see those people, they boast about it in this dunya. I've done this. I've done that. You know, I do this. I do my prayers. I do my tahajjud. I do my hijab. I do my niqab. And I've done all these charities. And you boast about it as if you already got the green light that's been accepted in the eyes of Allah Azza wa Jal. What gives you this confidence, my brother and my sister? What gives you that confidence? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he commanded Ibrahim and Ismail and Tahira Baytayl al-Ta'ifi, when he, when Allah Azza commanded Ibrahim and Ismail, yeah, to elevate the foundation of the Kaaba, to build it, what did they do? They built it. And after that, what did they say straight away? Rabbana taqabbal minna. Ya Allah, accept it from us. That is why, probably I've said that before, and I always re remind the brothers and the sisters who listen, always, always, always. Whenever you do a good deed, you feel good, yes. It's okay to feel proud of yourself. That's fine. You know, you wake up in the morning, alhamdulillah, you're like, I woke up today for tahajjud, I went Salatul Fajr, and I came back, I did my adhkar, and I read the Quran, and I went to work, I had such a beautiful day, I prayed all my salawat in the masjid or on time, I feel good. You can't say that, you're proud within yourself. But to go out and brag about it, that deed is gone. That deed, what you just done now, is gone. Because that deed, that, that deed, the action what you have just done now has turned into an action in order for you to gain praise or for the sake of people. You have entered Riyah into it. You have entered Riyah showing up into it. SubhanAllah. How many of us how many of us think of it? We do some kind of work that no one knows except me and Allah Azza wa Jal. No one knows. No one knows except me and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Because you want that deed to be recompensed to you on Yom Al-Qiyamah between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one knows about it. 
I don't need to give a lot of examples. We give some that come into my mind. There are many. We are forgetful sometimes. But look at what Umar bin Khattab and Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu subhanallah. Look at him. Someone walked. He had his family. He had the ummah on his shoulder as well. Subhanallah. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu after Salat al-Fajr, after Salat al-Fajr, he would go, he would leave the masjid quietly and he would go inside a tent. He would do that from time to time. He would do that almost every day of the Salat al-Fajr. He would go outside and go into that tent. The Umar ibn al-Khattab, the one who used to compete with Abu Bakr Siddiq for the sake of Allah Azza wa in good deeds. What happened? He was like, let me check what Abu Bakr Siddiq is doing. Let me just check. He went into the tent afterwards. And then when he went there, he, find, he found an old lady, blind. He asked the lady, and no one knew her. He asked the lady, in the morning, so and so come to you. What does he do? He said, he comes, he cleans the places, he milk my goat, he does everything what's supposed to be done for me for the whole day, and then he leaves. He started crying. Started crying. And then he told her, do you know who is he? He's the Amir al-Mu'mineen. He is that. The Imam of the society in the community, he's the one who's doing this, Abu Bakr Siddiq. He carried on and he carried on. And another version said, afterwards, Imam Khattab did the same. He did the same. And no one knew it was in the dark. And then the lady came to know, because she was blind. The lady came to know that now, the one who's actually coming to serve me, it's not Abu Bakr Sadiq, someone else. So she said, you are not the same person who used to come before. Rabbi Khattab said, how do you know? He said, the one before, when he came, he used to remove the seeds of the dates. Allah. The one who, who came before, he used to remove the seed of the date and leave the date for me. Not to have any burden for the seed. And that's the difference between you and him. Subhanallah, Allah, do we have the Abu Bakr now? Do we have the Umar now? Do we know what Uthman and Affan has done straight away to please Allah Azza wa Jal? Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah, blind, mufti. He passed away in 1999 or 2000, Saudi Arabia. People didn't know what he was doing. But he was getting his money 
And subhanallah, a whole village in Africa, suddenly no money was going to them. And they raised the concern that every month food was coming to them, supply was coming to them, medicine was coming to them. And then they were like, where is our supply and food? We don't get that anymore. And then they told them, the one who was sending that to you passed away. He died. Sherman Baez died. And people didn't know about that. He would take some of his money and he would send to that place in Africa. And they themselves didn't know who was it, except one or two, because you have to know it's a charity purpose. People didn't have to know what you do. Sometimes there are things, sometimes there are things that you need to do that's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one knows. What's the point of people knowing making salat al tahajjud That is why and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith Qudsi, where he said, Allah Azza wa said in hadith Qudsi, the fasting is mine. Because when you fast, no one knows about it. How many of you have fasted today or last Thursday? And how many people you met never knew that you were doing this ibadah? Because you were doing that for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. But if you go out and tell people, you know, today I'm fasting. You should fast yourself. Some people, they do that to show people. Some of them do that, you know, to motivate others. That's fine. Your intention counts. Your intention counts. Because if ever you do anything in order to please anyone other than Allah Azza wa Jal, it will not be accepted. But therefore, we need to understand that the good deeds that we do, we need, we might be thinking, what are the guarantees that we have that we're going to see that on Yom Al-Qiyamah? No guarantee. But there are some conditions that are there. If you do it, indeed, your positive thoughts about Allah Azza wa Jal, it will be accepted, it will be accepted, accepted by Ibn Ta'ala. Due to time, let's speak about what are the deeds that we do in order for our deeds to be accepted and not to be lost on Yom We've spoken about the story of Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umar Khattab has done. Let's think about it. Yo. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, when it's mentioned, Inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. Indeed, my salah, my sacrifice, my life, and my death are all for Allah azza wa jal. The Prophet is speaking about al-ikhlas, sincerity. In Islam, everything goes Back to sincerity. Your ibadah, sincere to Allah Azza wa Jal. You need to have sincerity in your ibadah. 
You need to have sincerity in your interaction. You need to be sincere in your work. You need to be sincere in your relationship. You need to be sincere in each and every aspect of your life. This is when you get the barakah. This is when you get the barakah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينِ I have not or you have not been commanded except to worship Allah with sincerity. Your salah for the sake of Allah. Your siyam for the sake of Allah. I'm giving zakah for the sake of Allah. I'm going for hajj, not to be called a hajji, for the sake of Allah, I'm going for hajj. I'm going to go for jihad, not for people to say he's strong, for the sake of Allah. I'm going to read Quran, not for people to say that I'm a qari, but I'm doing that for the sake of Allah. Each and everything that you do has to be for the sake of Allah, subhanAllah. What did the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mention about the Qari, the Mujahid, and Mujsaddiq? Among the first people, among the people who will be dragged to hellfire, may Allah Azza wa Jal protect us. My brother and my sisters out there, look how your intention is important. The people who used to give sadaqah would come and then they will be said, you used to give sadaqah in order to please so and so and to be called a good person, a generous person. And you were called a generous person in the dunya. Indeed, you have done that for the sake of people and he'll be dragged. And whatever he's done will be worthless. He'll be dragged in hellfire. May Allah protect us. A shaheed will be brought, someone who's gone out and fight in the way of Allah Azza wa Jal. Why did you fight? Ya Allah, I fought for your sake. You are a liar. Indeed, you fought in order for people to say what a brave man. And you were called a brave man when you were shaheed. For verily, you've done that for the sake of people. And here you're dragged to hell fire. A qari of the Quran will be brought. Why did you learn the Quran, Ya Allah, for your sake? You're a liar. Indeed, you, were, you read the Quran and recited the Quran in order for people to say, you are a Qari. You have beautiful Qira'ah. You've done that for people to say, what a beautiful voice. Not for people to actually benefit from your Qira'ah, but for people to say, MashaAllah, what a beautiful, what a Qari. And guess what? You were known in the dunya to be the best of Qari. But you've done that for the sake of people. And here you're dragged in hellfire. And nowadays, all these what i just spoken about now, we can easily fall into this through social media. Yes or no? Through social media, exactly. I can read Surah Al-Fatiha right now. And put on social media. For what? To get likes. Yes or no? To get followers. Purifying the voice with those kind of uh, sound system and stuff. 
if you're doing this in order for people to be motivated, that's between you and Allah Azza wa We can't say anything. Khair If you're doing that for people to say you're you fall into this hadith. You're going out giving sadaqah and putting that on thing, what you're doing, you might fall into this. Might be going, for example, for jihad and each and every move you're doing over there, you're putting it on your Facebook. Yes or no? You see how we can easily fall into the trap of shaitan? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah azza wa jal protect us for verily can easily fall into this. And I'm saying this, I might feel guilty saying it. I'm into this though. When you do, okay, what? What guarantee I'm coming, give me a talk now in, am I coming here for people to come and listen to me or am I coming here to get followers? Am I coming here to actually let people understand the danger of falling into this kind of trap? That's between me and Allah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Sincerity, very, very important. Number two, if you do your ibadah according to your own way, not as by the will of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is rejected. It is rejected. You want to pray on your own because your Mawlana told you to pray like so and so? You want to make Ramadan because your Mawlana told you to do this and this? You want to go for Hajj and you want to do the Hajj as you want? Not as the as not as by the Prophet way. You don't pray like how he prays. You don't give zakat like how he does. You don't actually do hajj like how he does. And how to expect that deed to be accepted? You will sit on your qiyamah, but it will be rejected. Have you ever done an exam? You wrote the exam, and then you found out that you failed the exam. Yes. You will revise for the exam. You will do what needs to be done for the exam. And at the end of the day, it depends upon the teacher to give you a mark or no, as to what you expect from the answer from the question is given. How disappointed you are. Same thing gonna happen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. That is why we always ask Allah to protect us and to accept our deeds. How many times you see people praying the way they want to pray? How many bid'ah are you seeing into the religion nowadays? My brother, my sister, the reason why we always speak against bid'ah, people think that when we say the word bid'ah, bid'ah, we are, we are the extreme. La wallahi, we're not extreme. We're actually opening your brain and your mind that you have that's closed. That whatever you do need to be according to the way of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muharram gonna come now after two months. See what's gonna happen. Look at the bid'ah that's gonna happen in Muharram. There are people who wait for Muharram more than Ramadan. Every night they have some kind of gathering. Every time in night they actually emphasize upon Knowing the seerah of Hassan and Hussein and Ali more than the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Look at the bid'ah that's going to happen in Muharram. Do you think on Yawm al-Qiyamah they're going to go to Allah Azza wa Jal? Allah going to accept it? Abadan, never. 
How many things we find again the sin of the Prophet and the Urus, the Urus people do. The kind of innovation, see people going to the awliya Allah so cold. They go make the tawaf around the grave. They go ask people who are dead. They spend money on these kind of occasion, millions. You think on Yawm al-Qiyamah when you're gonna come, Allah gonna say, here's your door of sadaqah, please go in. Here's your door of salah, go now. Babu Jannah, though the Babu Jannah, la Allah, it will be closed on the face because you did not actually go according to the procedure, the procedure of the Quran and the Sunnah in order for your ibadah to be accepted. You cannot do anything on your own or else going to be rejected. You cannot make hijab like how you want to do the hijab. You cannot pray like how you want to pray. You cannot act in your marriage how you want to act in your marriage. You cannot make the terbiyah of your children like how you want to make the terbiyah of your children. There are rules and regulation. Because a firm and a company, if there's no rules and regulation, what happened? It's chaos. But this is something that we need to understand. Your sincerity is important. Your ibadah has to be done as per the way of the Prophet not according to any other people's way. The way of Allah and the way of the Prophet Muhammad Put that in your mind. When it comes to bid'ah, we mentioned something is bid'ah, stay away from it. What he came with, take it. And Nabi Whatever he asks you to stay away from, Allah abstain from it. Don't indulge into it. That's why it's very, very important for us to know this. So this is something that we need to know. Your sincerity. Your action has to be done according to the way of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We're not sad. You see, people spend a lot of money. A lot of money. See, going there, they go to Karbala in Iraq. You see people giving money for many, many kind of innovation action. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and give the understanding of religion. Because subhanAllah, we need to know. Oh, recently, recently there was a brother in, in the Haram. Oh my God, dressed like a dress now, white beard. He was walking and people were saying he's an angel. People wanted to start kissing his hand. People say he's Sahaba. Hey Allah, check the social media. People are going to kiss his hand. I have it in Arabic. Why? Because it's called jahada marakkam. Jahada is mean ignorance. Ignorance is one of the biggest disease for our soul. Once you're ignorant about many things, you don't try to learn. Trust me. You don't try to learn. I tell you something. You're going to fall into the trap of shaitan. Other ways of your deeds go in vain, something that we need to know very, very well. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Atadiruna mal muflis. Do you know who are those who have gone bankrupt? Bankrupt. Bankrupt are those people who accumulated money and suddenly they lost it. 
How do you feel? You don't feel good. So, if I come and ask you, do you know who are the bankrupt people? Yes, bankrupt are those people who actually try to accumulate wealth and then they lost it. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, the bankrupt people are on the day of judgment, they will come with salah at the sides of the mountain. They will come with sadaqah at the side of mountains. They will come with the siyam and the good deeds at the side of the mountain. Too, too, too much. But suddenly, at the same time, at the same time, they would do all these good deeds and at the same time, they used to swear at that person. They used to curse that person. They used to backbite that person and they used to slander that person. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah azza wa jalla will make their good deeds scatter in the air. Scatter in the air and they will get nothing and they'll be dragged in Jahannam. Subhanallah. Our tongue is something that ajib. We need to control. We need to control. One of the saying that says, I'm not scared and I don't fear. For example, your tongue, what I fear is your brain. When we Muslim, we focus on the brain, on the knowledge, intellect that reflect on our tongue. When I say brain over here, everything that's connected to the heart. If you don't think from the heart properly, the rubbish that come out of that tongue. If you think clearly, wisely, wisdom come out of that tongue. Hey Allah. How many times we have actually just said things out of emotion and later on we regretted. But if ever you were to sit, to sit down and ponder and think what you're going to say, you would either speak good or keep quiet. Either you have spoken good or keep quiet. How many times? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, he made fun of these people. He cursed those people. He swore at those people. He backbited those people. He slandered those people. And because of these small actions, he, which he, he or she did, Allah Azza wa Jal has made his good deeds scatter in the air and he will be dragged in Jahannam. We don't want to be among those people. Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, he heard his neighbor spoken behind his back badly. What did he do? What did he do? He took a basket of dates. He told his servant to go and give it to the neighbor and tell the neighbor, thank you very much for your good deeds on your Qiyam. The people whom you speak against or behind their back without any reason, 
and Yom Al-Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will change the deeds and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take your good deed and give to that person and that bad deed, the bad deed of that person will come to you. So Abu Hanifa rahimahullah kindly, he took a date, a basket of date and says, thank you very much. This is the only thing I can give you. And they will come things. Thank you for your good deeds and Yom Al-Qiyamah. Can we think of this before we backbite someone? The only time we can speak behind the back of someone is when we're speaking to authority or speaking to someone whom we know that can give us an advice. This is happening. This is happening. How do you think I can actually change my situation? If you're speaking to someone to get an advice or to the authority to change that thing, that's permissible. But just to go and sit in a gathering and to speak about someone, to put someone down or to slander, to backbite and make fun of others, this will have a big, big, big consequence on your Qiyamah. Because now you're taking the honor of your Muslim brothers and sisters, which we have to be very, very careful. Protecting the honor of a Muslim is the right of another Muslim. The more you protect the honor of others, Allah will protect your honor. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy upon us not to fall into this trap. Wallahi, we'll fall into this daily. I'm saying I feel guilty what I'm saying, but this is what happened to everyone. It could easily come out of my, of my tongue. Anyone else like, oopsie, oh, I think that's, that's not the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Straight with istighfirullah. Make tawbah to Allah Azza wa Jalla. The door of tawbah is open. The door of tawbah is open. Don't leave this dunya. While the door of tawbah is open, you never enter from it. Enter from the door of tawbah. Now, we'll be thinking we have spoken behind the back of others. Today is the day for you to ask tawbah to Allah Azza wa Jalla. Ya Allah. I've spoken behind the back of others. Ya Allah, I've cursed others. I've sworn at others. Ya Allah, I seek your forgiveness and inshallah from today I will not do it. Because don't die in the state where you have actually slandered back by others because your good deeds and your qiyamah you'll be disappointed. We don't want our good deeds to be given to someone else. When Umar al Khattab will go back again to what we said in the beginning. What if I wake up on Yom Al-Qiyamah and I find out that none of my good deeds are in my account? You imagine you see your good deeds in Muhammad's account. You see your good deeds in someone else's account on Yom Al-Qiyamah. You don't want that to happen. But therefore, we need to understand these are the things that will make, that will render our good deeds in vain on Yom Al-Qiyamah. We have to be very, very careful of what we speak, of what we do, and how we do them in order for us not to fall into any kind of traps of shaitan. But therefore, my brothers and my sisters, this is something we need to know. Our sincerity towards Allah Azza wa Jal is important. That the main thing, the top of our ibadah. Am I doing it for the sake of Allah? Yes. Am I doing it by the way of the Prophet Muhammad? Naam. 
خلاص great all the good deal what I've done have I gone out and boast about it I'm giving food to someone I'm taking a picture of it on Facebook or Instagram whatever or I've gone to the many kind of work I'm just putting that you have to understand and I know what many of you are thinking I've got a question here some people they may do things in order to motivate others that's between you and Allah. There are things that you do that, can, that has to be done in public. Like sometimes you pray a salat to sunnah in the masjid. That's why it is always good. Why do you think the Prophet Muhammad said salat in sunnah, the sunnah to do in the house? Right? Because keep some portion of your salat between you and Allah. The fard, everybody saw it. And have some time between you and Allah Azza wa No one knows about it. How many times we see people leaving the midst of the farm? We think, Akhi, he's not praying sunnah. Look at him. You can never know when he goes and what he's doing. He's going home, he's praying the sunnah like the Prophet did. And Nabi said, who knew person in the masjid? Aisha said, and Nabi said, will pray sunnah and go to the masjid and come back. For Dhuhr, he will pray the sunnah in the house. Go to the Mepra, pray the Fard, and come back with the Sunnah in the house. Allah. Likewith Maghrib and Isha. Tahajjub and Tarawih as well used to be prayed in the, in the house. At Tarawih, he came outside as well to make in Jama'ah with the people. Why? Because some portion has to be between you and Allah. You Tahajjud between you and Allah. Your fasting that you do Monday and Thursday between you and Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're going to fast for Monday and Thursday or 30, 40, 15, don't go to work and sit down and say, I'm fasting. I don't want to do this because today I'm fasting. Uh, I don't know. If you have this kind of attitude, don't fast. So, don't fast. If you feel you're going to be drained, you will not be able to work. You will have to take off. You have to call your manager and say, uh, you know, today I'm fasting some voluntary fast. I feel so bad and I feel so weak. I don't think I'm going to come in today. In this case, don't fast. Don't make your fast an excuse that you're making other people feel that why is she doing it? If you feel fit, if you feel you cannot carry on that fast, which is voluntary, break it. If you feel you're fit, carry on. If you feel that you're, you're, you're sick, don't fast. Nawafil thing, nawafil ibadah has to be done when you know you can, you can do it. That's why the restriction of nawafil and farqa are different. And Nabi said, a voluntary action is not meant to be completed. Why? Because Allah do not want to put burden on, on you and others. That's why the Prophet Muhammad said, if you're invited for a meal and you're fasting and your fast is voluntary, break your fast. Don't give the host a kind of feeling that he's fasting. Break your fast. You don't even need to tell the host that you were fasting today. You know, today I was fasting, but you know, 
since you made them, I'm going to break my contract. Just break it. And you might get the full reward in the eyes of Allah. Now the ulama says, you know, if ever someone is asked, if you're fasting, and someone tells you, actually, come, let's go for a tea or let's go for a meal, I'm inviting you. And then you can say, actually, I'm fasting today. But if ever someone has prepared a meal, and he bought the meal, everything is ready here. There's, yeah, but, oh, you know, uh, Ziyad, I brought that for you. I'm so happy I saw you today. Let's have food together. Then you break your fast. But if now he's going to say, okay, let's go and eat something, you can say, no, you know what? We did some other time. That's the situation you should know. But this is somewhat because Allah Azza wa wants you to do action that are few, but quality. Allah did not want quantity. Allah wants quality. Allah wants your salah to be ikhlas and salah. With sincerity and according to the will of the Prophet Allah doesn't want you to go for hajj every year and then you do it in the way of bid'ah. Allah doesn't want you to make the hajj every day and do it in the way of bid'ah. On Yom Al-Qiyamah, you'll be asked about your salah. Do it perfectly. And if there's any shortcoming, Allah will take from your tahajjud and your nawaf and then we'll replace it over there. When it comes to ibadah, your five pillars have to be there. Regardless. When it comes to your nawafin, do it with quality, not quantity. Put this in your mind. And that's everywhere. That's now it has come like a like a like a statement in each and every company now. This is how they are. We want quantity, uh, we want quality. Forget about quantity, even though they want quantity back, but they just say it because they want you to work with sincerity. This comes from where? And Nabi said, the best deeds in the eyes of Allah are those deeds that are done continuously. But something small, but continuously. If you do something with quality, you can carry on doing that throughout your contract in your company. But if you start with quantity, today or tomorrow is gone. By the time the quantity has gone down, you feel demotivated. And you don't look at the good person in your, in your company. This is what we're supposed to do. And something what you can say when you go to interview as well, I'm here for quality. Well, uh, quality. Quantity is something that just number on the paper. Now everyone likes it. But we are more concerned about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala next. Therefore, this is something like that. And before I leave, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, sayyat. Indeed, our good deeds that we do remove the bad deeds. We have many deeds in our account. But our good deeds that we do remove the bad deeds. Erases the bad deeds. This is something that we need to do. Does the bad deeds that we do remove the good deeds? That's a question mark. We don't say yes and we don't say no because there's no proof for it. 
Look at the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal. He said, إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يَذْهِبْنَ السَّيِّئَاتِ ذَلِكَ ذِكْرَ لِلْذَاكِرِينَ Indeed, your good deeds erases your bad deeds. Alhamdulillah, Allah is talking about here. Imagine Allah would have said, indeed, your bad deeds erase your good deeds. Today we have no good deeds. Imagine. But at the same time, there are a couple of bad deeds that you do could make you fall into them erasing your good deeds. Backbiting, slandering, cursing, and all these. Which means that your, your neighbor, your friend, your parents, your surroundings are not safe from your tongue. That the, when, the, when the Sahabi came and said, Ya Rasulullah, tell me something what I should do in order for me to stay away from hellfire. What did he say? He held his tongue. Allah. Protect this. Okay, this could bring you in Jannah. This could bring you in Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those people whose good deeds on Yom Al-Qiyamah are going to be high and lock on Yom Al-Qiyamah and through our good deeds we enter Jannah. But let me tell you something. There's a hadith that says you shall not enter Jannah through your good deeds. Look at that. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, you shall not enter Jannah through your good deeds. And the Sahabi said, Hatta walaw atta ya Rasulullah. Even you, you will not enter Jannah with your good deeds, what you do day and night, day and night. We shall enter Jannah through the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Didn't one of the Jews or one of the mushrik. He was sick. He was sick. And he and and Nabi Sallallahu entered to visit him. And Nabi Sallallahu told him, accept Islam. And he looked at his father. And the father told him, Muhammad never lies. He said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came out. He said he's in Jannah. Did he do one sajdah? He's in Jannah without making one sajdah. How many sajdah we have done? And we're still thinking we could be in Jannah and Jahannam. Will he enter Jannah for his deed? Yeah. Through the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Allah. Someone could be the most treacherous and worst people on the face of the earth. Never make any salah. Never hedge, never umrah, nothing. And subhanAllah, he decided to make tawbah. He gets up in the night, he make tawbah. And since he tawbah, and the next morning he dies, he's in Jannah. So don't think that when you're doing a lot of deeds, you both survive, you're gonna go into Jannah for that. There are things that we have to do, but through the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jalla, that you enter Jannah. Why Jibreel, why the angel, why Jibreel والسلام, put the mud in the mouth of Fir'aun? This is the mercy of Allah. Because he knew how Allah is merciful. 
How can he say la ilaha illallah ibn Hajjaj? Not someone like you. But it's not about your deeds. Put this in your mind, my brothers. I know the sisters and brothers or new Muslim, I can see them. It's about your sincerity to Allah Azzawajal. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do those actions. Your deeds has to be done. Your salah, your hijab, your fundamental has to be there. By the end of the day, it's, it's between you and Allah It's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I remember, you know, was a story just happened. And I mentioned that before, that because of salah, we have two more minutes. Let me take some questions. There's no question we can go for. Yeah, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the recording. Shalom. I'm gonna put the recording on my uh, YouTube channel. Shalom. But just saying we did so and so is also real. If you tell someone that you have done such a such thing to boast about it's real, if you tell them to motivate them, then it is not real. Okay. There was <laughs> there was a uh, there was a person in Morocco uh, I mentioned that but I didn't know if you were there and that imam that imam dreamt in Morocco he dreamt about someone yeah that he's from the people of Jannah yeah and he's in Mecca he's in Mecca he got his name in the dream, and he was a big man in the dream, and then he was asked to go and look for that person. He went and looked for that person inside Mecca, the outskirts of Mecca. Said, I'm looking for so and so. They're like, yes, we know him. Such a bad person. Such a bad person. No salah. No Umrah, no Hajj, no Siyam, nothing. What are you looking for him for? He said, I need, to, I need that person. And now the, the Sheikh is actually being very confused. Well, the name is there, but everybody's thinking the bad person. So he found, he finally found the person. Sat him down and told him, I've seen such and such dream. And it is said that you are from the people of Jannah. What's going on? He said, Sheikh, I've never done anything in my life. Nothing, no salah, no this, no this, no this. Oh. The Sheikh asked him, What good thing you've done? I mean, you have done something good. You have done something good. He said, No. Probably if ever you were to, to check the worst people in the family life could be me. Maybe because. My neighbor's, uh, my neighbor's, uh, my neighbor passed away. And uh, what I do is just like, whenever I get my salary, I do it to half. Half for me and half for them. So he's been taking care of an orphan and widow without him nothing. The sheikh took him to Haram. After how many years he's in Haram? Praying next to the Sheikh, he started crying and crying and crying, make tawbah to Allah Azza wa Jal because he heard his name in Jannah. 
in the dream, she tried, he went to surgery and never woke. He tried, he died, he died over there. You see? Yesterday, he was the worst of person in the face of Allah. Today, he died from his sujood because his name was already written in Jannah. From who? From the mercy of Allah, not from our deeds. So we have to know that very well. Don't boast about our deeds. We do this, we do this, we do that, we do that. You can never know an imam is there, you could enter Jannah before him. You can never know a mujahid or a qari or a shaheed or mutasaddiq. Don't think that these deeds are going to make them above in Jannah. You can never know someone who no one knows him. Maybe one or two things he's done in his life could give him the highest place in Jannah. But therefore, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us with the Prophet Muhammad sallam, and to give us the tawfiq to do good deeds so that our good deeds be accepted. And through the mercy of Allah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us enter Jannah al-Firdaus al-A'la bi'ibnillahi ta'ala. Insha'Allah, we are going to put these recordings uh, probably in the platform of uh, YouTube of JLC as well as mine on House YouTube, insha'Allah. And may Allah bless you all. It's Salatul Isha time in the UAE. Until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran. Subhanakallah wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.